This is the Thanks for Sharing podcast, the podcast where we explore all things recovery, healing, and relationship. Remember to subscribe and download episodes in the iTunes store, Google Play, or on the Podbean app. And while you're there, I'd love a review. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Thanks for Sharing. I'm your host, Jackie Pack. So it's been a couple of weeks since the United States held their presidential election, and I've had some thoughts. You know, I I talk about politics on my podcast. When I was recording uh, the last podcast with Michelle Mays, after we finished recording, we were just chatting, talking to each other. And she said, "I've, I've been listening to your podcast episodes that are political. And I said, oh, yeah? And she's like, you're a brave woman. That's all I could say. She's like, I am, I'm not tackling politics. And I hope I'm not just a brave woman. And I hope I'm not annoying to the listeners because I talk about it. But I also really do believe, I've said this before in different podcast episodes, I really do believe that politics is part of life. And at its very core, politics is boiled down to how we live with each other and how we live with diversity. I think that's the basis of politics. And, you know, there's some things that go wrong about politics, obviously. But I think when it comes down to it, a lot of people, you know, roll their eyes about politics. They don't want to talk about what's going on in the country because politics are so divisive. And especially currently, they are extremely divisive and extremely polarizing. And yet, I think we make a mistake when we don't talk about politics because we're not talking about us, we're not talking about our neighbor, we're not talking about the person across the street from us or our colleague at work who's different than us. And I think we do a great disservice to ourselves and others as well as the country as a whole by not talking about politics. You know, there used to be that social etiquette rule, Miss Manners or I don't know whose it was, Emily Post, I don't really know where they would talk about like two things that were just not polite conversation were politics and religion. And, you know, from the perspective of 2020, when I look back at that advice, again, I think we've done a disservice by not talking about it, by not having dialogue. And we're not having dialogue. We're screaming at each other. We're throwing insults on social media. And that is not productive. And that gets us nowhere. So I've had some thoughts Um, I was talking to my sister, well, I talked to her like the Monday before the election. We had a pretty lengthy phone call. And then I've talked to her after the election, a couple days after the election. And I was sharing with her some thoughts that I was having. And I said, I'm thinking I might do a podcast episode about these thoughts. And she was like, oh, please do it. Even though she was hearing some of this stuff on the phone with me, she was like, "I, I totally want to hear you talk about that. So here's some of my thoughts about politics and about what is currently taking place in our country, regardless of which way it goes. So I've said before that we all have blind spots. And, you know, one of the reasons that as human beings we have blind spots is because our head does not rotate 360 degrees. So there's going to be parts of certain things, if it's in our blind spot, right, we just can't see it. This is something they teach you in driver's ed. If you haven't learned about this or had it talked to you before, you know, you turn 16 or 15 and you're starting to learn how to drive and you have your permit and you're racking up the hours in order to drive and get your license, 
you know, they talk about this is what one of the reasons why you've got to like look over your shoulder. You've got to be watching. Now, you know, they're getting better and better at making cars that help us think and that help us bring in information and help us know what's in our blind spot, right? The car that I've been driving for the past six years, anytime, right, somebody was in my blind spot, there was a little uh, like car light that would light up on either my passenger side rear view mirror or on the driver's side rear view mirror. And so I could see, you know, that something was there. Now, if I decided I wanted to change lanes and I signaled, I'm pretty good at signaling. This wouldn't be so good if you don't signal. But if I were to turn on my blinker and somebody's in my blind spot, my car just gives a friendly little beep beep and lets me know like, hey, don't change lanes right now. Somebody's in your blind spot. So again, I'm really grateful for cars that also help make me aware and give me data that without me turning around or something like that, I wouldn't have because it's in my blind spot. This has helped with, you know, when you have the rear camera and you're reversing and it shows that, you know, again, these great safety features that car manufacturers are starting to add to cars to help us be more safe when we're driving, more safe when we're pulling our car out of our driveway or out of our garage and we're in reverse. Now I could get offended if my car is saying like, hey, I don't think you should change lanes yet. I could get super annoyed when my car alerts me to something that's in my blind spot. I can even override and turn off those notifications and turn off those alerts. But I happen to love getting them. I love having this. I love having my car and the cameras on my car looking out for me and my best interest and helping to keep me safe. Now, I don't usually get in a lot of accidents. I, you know, I mean, there was a year when I was in my early 20s that I had like six accidents. None of them were my fault. But since then, I really don't get in too many accidents. I've had maybe two or three accidents since my early 20s. And so again, it's not like I get in a lot of accidents, but I really appreciate this additional information being given to me to help me be safe. I think some of what is happening currently in our country is we've got stuff in our blind spots and we get offended if somebody points that out to us. We don't know how to have a productive dialogue about what is indeed in our blind spot. And I think we would rather look at other theories or maybe other things that haunt us instead of actually looking at and facing what's in our blind spot. Now, I've also said before that part of therapy is bringing in information from that unknown quadrant when we've talked about Johari's window, bringing in information from the unknown and trying to make that information known. Part of the Johari's window also includes a spot where other people can see things that we can't see or other people have knowledge that we don't have. So again, a lot of the goal of therapy is to bring the unknown into the known and to bring information that other people have into our quadrant that we also have conscious awareness of. And this is hard and it's painful. And often we are facing truths or facing realities that don't look good and that make us sick to our stomach or make us queasy. And that's part of therapy. Sometimes I was talking with my staff, you know, sometimes we get these clients that come in, all of us have had this experience where they'll come in and say, 
you know, this is why I'm coming in and I don't want to work on this, right? Or I want to work on A, but I don't want to have to look at D in order to work on A. And, you know, sometimes if you have enough rapport in that session, because again, this is usually early on, you may say, well, you know, I don't make guarantees about what that looks like. I'm willing and I'm able to help you on your journey and to look at what you're coming in with to look at. I also know, and I've been doing therapy long enough to know that there's usually things that we're not aware of. We come in thinking the problem is this and we find out it's so much bigger than that. And so I usually will just let clients know, like, I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like for you. And I don't make those decisions for you. But I will help you and I will be with you as a fair witness and as a guide as we do this work. Other times, you know, I may try to say that and they reassure me that no, no, those things are off limits. And I just say, okay. And usually at some point, you know, maybe three months in, maybe six months in, maybe nine months in, they come in and they say, I think this is a piece of this. And we start to put that on the table. We start to examine that. We start to explore that. And I've been through this process myself where I had to look at a reality that I didn't have, but was true about my family, about me, about how I do relationships, about different things like that. And it was painful to have to look at some of those things and understand how certain experiences that I had in my life contribute to ways that I act or things that I do or things that I don't do. But if I wanted to change and if I wanted to create a life for me that was satisfying and that was meaningful, then I needed to look at those things. Now, again, we can refuse to do those things. You know, I, I could have quit therapy at any time along the way. And, you know, there were times I took breaks from therapy or my life got busy and therapy just wasn't necessarily a part of my life at that phase. But I kept going back and I knew that therapy was something that I could return to and have a fair witness and have somebody to help guide me through whatever was coming up. Now, I said back in 2016 when President Trump was elected president, and I don't think that I'm prophetic in any way, but I do think this was somewhat prophetic. Maybe not prophetic, right? But after 27 years of studying human behavior and seeing patterns and being able to predict some things in the future based on certain patterns that were happening in the past and the present, I'm pretty good at doing some of those things. I'm pretty good at noticing patterns and at being able to connect certain dots based on the patterns that I observe. So, and I've said this before on this podcast, and I, I think I even said it, maybe I didn't say it on the podcast in 2016, but I have said it this past summer. And what I said was, um, given current events, so this was back in 2016, I just said, given current events, my recommendation as a mental health therapist would be to get to your nearest 12-step meeting and start working the steps. And I said, if you don't have an identified addiction that you would resonate with, then my recommendation would be the ACOA 12-step fellowship, which focuses on the disease of family dysfunction. And I said, because the United States is a dysfunctional family and we have 
secrets and we have buried bodies and we are about to see the underbelly of our dysfunctional family and we need to be prepared for that and we need to be able to work through what we will find in the next four years and again my recommendation would be if you don't have an identified addiction get into ACOA and I truly meant that and I mean I'm not going to surprise anybody who listens to my podcast by saying that I am not a Trump supporter and I really have a hard time understanding those who are ardent supporters of President Trump. Now, I've had clients talk to me over the past four years, and they've talked to me about the fact that they voted for Trump in 2016. And it's not like it disrupts our therapeutic relationship. It's not like I can't see them as a person and understand their vote and be able to still have a respectful, trustful relationship with them. I don't feel like any of those clients have felt judged. But we have talked about politics because it's part of our world. And what's happening in our world impacts us and it impacts what happens in the therapy sessions. So I had some serious concerns after President Trump was elected. And I did think that we would start to see the ugliness of America. Now, this is, wouldn't be the first president, nor would it be the first time in our history when this underbelly has flipped over and started to expose ourselves or expose itself. And I think sometimes we've made some progress when that dark underbelly exposes itself, but I don't know that we've actually done the work that we need to do. We make some progress and then we kind of flip it back over so that we can live with the reality that's comfortable for us. What's going on currently reminds me of pretty much every script plot line from Scooby-Doo. I mean, you, you remember Scooby-Doo, right? My kids loved Scooby-Doo growing up. It scared them, but then at the end, it was all okay and they weren't scared anymore, right? And so I said, it, it's a classic Scooby-Doo script line where something is haunting us and it's scary and it might be a ghost. It might be, you know, the ghost of a certain person connected with the business or whatever was going on, right? And again, it's haunting us and it scares us. And so we call in the gang and we have them and, you know, we watch them investigate and move from clue to clue and they're scared and they're haunted by the same things that haunt us and they keep moving forward and they don't run away and they don't stop exploring and investigating and at the end of 30 minutes, right, they unmask the villain and it's not a ghost. It's not a scary monster. It all makes sense, right? It's somebody who is trying to get ahead financially. It's somebody who is only looking out for their best interest. It's somebody who has a certain agenda that they're running and they were haunting people to make that happen. So again, I think we don't necessarily know what our agendas are or what's driving our behavior if we haven't followed the clues, kept exploring, not running away, not getting in the van and driving away and never coming back, but turning and facing the things that haunt us. I think it's easier sometimes to believe that there's this deep state conspiracy, that there's this ugly side and it's them. 
It's not me, it's them. And that's what brings us into this us versus you mentality. And we fight each other and we see evilness in each other and we're haunted by the ideology of the other instead of turning inward and looking at what actually scares me, what actually haunts me from my own past and from my family's past, these secrets that have been buried, these dysfunctions that have been buried, they're there and they haunt us until we uncover them. And they can't get uncovered if we're pointing the finger and blaming somebody else who's just enough different than me that I can make them into my enemy. So that concerns me. I think that's part of what's going on in our country right now. I think there needs to be a reckoning and a reckoning at the level that we've really never seen a reckoning before. I think during this time period, it's important for us to focus on our wellness, whether that's our physical health, whether that's our emotional health, whether that's our boundaries, whether that's speaking out. You know, one of the things that this podcast helps me is using my voice and speaking my voice. Now, a lot of people may think that I have no problem speaking my voice or no problem advocating for what I want. And I mean, I might be better than the average person. I don't know how I stack up against others, but I know within me that has never been easy for me, right? I grew up in a religion that was highly patriarchal and that did not believe that women knew best for themselves or as a girl, right? That as a girl, I might know what is best for me or another person because of the patriarchal system. That was something that the men knew. And I think from a fairly early age and combined with the fact that my father was not a man that I trusted or felt safe with or respected, it made me start to question the system that I was growing up in and the institution that was giving me the messages about how life worked. And again, that was not an easy thing. That process of uncovering truths about my father, uncovering truths about my family, I mean, that's lasted the better part of five decades, right? And just when I think, okay, I have overturned every stone that could possibly be there that needs to be looked under, I find another one. And I don't know that it shakes me the way that it used to. I don't know that it surprises me the same way that it used to but I feel it and it's heavy and it's hard. And I think there are things for us to look into, to overturn, to unmask, to discover that are really close to home for each of us. It's not our enemy. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. It's not the independents. It's us. It's our family. It's things that we've been running from for generations and we need to stand and we need to start to face those things and unmask those things for real healing to happen and for the truth to come to light. I do believe there is healing that happens when truth surfaces. Again, I don't know that that's an easy process. For me, it has not been an easy process. And One of the quotes that I've been focused on this month, so I started, you know, the election was November 3rd. And so November 1st, I do this not all the time. I've done this before every year. I find a new quote and I make it my screensaver on my phone. And 
it's just a good reminder for me to focus on that whole month. I haven't done that this year for each month, but there have been months where I've pulled a quote that speaks to me that I need to focus on for the month. And so November 1st, the quote that I decided was good for me to focus on was from Brene Brown. A lot of my quotes are from Brene Brown, actually. But it was from Brene Brown. And and it just is simple. And it just says, don't puff up. Don't shrink back. Just stand your sacred ground. And like I said, there's probably a lot of people. I've been told multiple times throughout my life that I'm outspoken. I don't know that I'm really outspoken. I mean, I don't always have a problem speaking my mind or disagreeing with somebody or offering a different perspective. But there's a lot of times, and maybe only I know that, that I hold my tongue or I just, you know, kind of get up and walk away instead of actually standing and holding my sacred ground, that I do shrink back. There's been some times where I probably do puff up, although I I think more often my default setting is to shrink back. You know, I I knew with the election coming up that that was going to be an important thing for me to focus on, not puffing up, but not shrinking back and just standing my sacred ground. There was a comment that somebody posted on my wall, something I had posted. I don't recall what it was that I had posted. And somebody commented, and it was somebody that, you know, he's not my age, but I grew up with him. I know his family. Um, He was friends with one of my brothers. And he did not have some nice things to say about me. And, you know, I I have a boundary with people. Like, if, if you don't laugh at my funny memes, if you don't like any pictures I post of my dogs or my kids, or my family, or anything like that, but you want to show up and call me both a socialist and a fascist, I'm just going to have to unfriend you because, like, seriously, if you can't show up and like pictures of my dogs, but you're going to show up and call me both a socialist and a fascist, which doesn't even make sense, then I just have to keep that sacred space, right? And so I did say, well, I said quite a bit back to him after his comment. And that's kind of where it ended. He didn't reply and I didn't keep anything going. And it took me a couple days to wonder, like, was that me puffing up? It was not me shrinking back, but was it me puffing up? Or sometimes when you stand your sacred ground, do you speak truth to the bullshit? And, you know, I, I didn't call him any names. I didn't attack his integrity or who he is as a person or a husband or a father. I just said, this doesn't make sense to me. And I can't be both extreme left and extreme right at the same time. Like, so your accusations just don't hold water. And again, I I don't know, because a lot of times for me, speaking up does sound like puffing up. And in some ways I have to, you know, like pick myself up from that small space in order to speak. But I don't know that I'm puffing up. At least that's not my intent that I feel. But there are just times I I can't not say something. And it just kind of comes out of me. I think that's some of standing my sacred ground and that's something that I'm continuing to explore and continuing to refine. I keep thinking, you know, as I keep aging, that I'm really going to be able to dial in this wisdom and this being articulate. I'm really going to be able to dial it in and just hit the nail on the head going forward. And what I've learned is it didn't happen magically at 50. But it's something that I continue to work on. It's something I continue to try to dial in 
and inventory after the fact. Think about before I open my mouth. Assess how it's been going. And the world is getting pretty harsh out there. The world is not a friendly place. I've also been doing good at limiting my time on social media. My husband's much better. He just hasn't even been on social media in probably a month. And that's great. I'm finding myself, I have a coloring app that I just love. It uh, relaxes me. I particularly, what I'm learning is if there is a picture of a bird, that's my go-to. I'm going to color a bird. I also really like to color scenery, which is a little bit harder than coloring a bird. But I am spending a lot more time coloring, which I think overall is helpful for me. And it's helping me to manage the emotions that come up for me. It's allowing me to respect the boundaries that I've put in place for myself and to hopefully move towards more of a solution and more of this reckoning than to add to the problem that exists. So those have been my thoughts post-election and talking to clients and hearing their thoughts and hearing their feelings. And I just don't think anybody is happy with where we are right now as a country. I don't think anybody feels good about how we are. And I know for me that there's always been a truth. If I'm feeling uncomfortable, if I'm not okay with where I am or how I am, there's something in my blind spot. There's something that I need to see. And I consult with people who can point out what's in my blind spot. I ask other people what they're seeing in their blind spots. And I think those kinds of dialogues can be healing and can lead to a reckoning that we work through. Now, I will also say our staff meeting on Tuesday. And so we were in staff meeting the day of the election. And, you know, we were just kind of chatting about the election and, you know, what our clients were coming in with and the feelings of the country. And we were just talking about things. And, you know, I I just said, I, I want to believe in humankind. I want to believe that we move towards healing and reconciliation. I don't know if we're there yet. I don't know if we're taking another deep dive. I don't know what this is going to look like. And one of my coworkers that I was kind of sitting by looked at me and she said, if you think we're through this, you have not read enough science fiction. And I said, well, that's true. I probably have not read enough science fiction, but I know that things can get worse. My prayer for all of us is that they don't get worse because I know that while it can be painful and heavy and emotional to face the things that haunt us, unmasking what is haunting us is the only way we can move towards healing. So that's my prayer for all of us. At the end of this episode, I want to remind you that your story matters. Remember there's something meaningful in every chapter. Don't wait to share your story until it's finished. Until next time, Jackie. The Legal Stuff. This podcast is solely for the purpose of information and entertainment and does not constitute therapy, nor should it replace competent professional help. The Prayer of the Perfectionist. Nobody has time for perfection. We are pursuing progress. Help me to remember the only step I need to focus on is the next right step for me. Help me to remember that life is a journey. Help me to be able to separate all that I am learning from all that I have to do. Help me to remember that I am not alone.
I can ask for help. Help me to strive for frequent awakenings, not mastery. I am enough. Amen. <laughs>